Good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, good morning, all of you online. Uh, Nick hasn't aged 20 years. This is his old man up here. For <laughs> I get to do it every three months and uh, give Nick a little break and uh, get to speak about something that's very near and dear to my heart. And, and that is God's word is alive, truly alive. Uh, it is truly special. Uh, it's something I love. You know, I'll see, I'll see my Bible sitting on my desk, and, and uh, I, just <laughs> I just love it. And uh, uh, so thankful that we stand on God's word. Yeah, that's, that's what we stand on. That's what we get up here and preach about and teach about in our Bible studies. We have so many great Bible studies going on that it, it, it is so special. Uh, and I'm so thankful that uh, God's word truly is alive. Um, love opening it up. And uh, getting the highlighters out. I, I love it in our Bible studies. Uh, I see everyone with their highlighter. And uh, they get out and highlight uh, a verse here or there. And uh, it just is so special uh, to each one of us. Um, Romans uh, chapter 1, 16 and 17. Uh, Tim, my son-in-law, wrote that down as his favorite verse some three years ago on the floor. Uh, Tim, do you remember that? <laughs> Where is Tim, anyways? <laughs> He's out there somewhere. But uh, he, he wrote these words. And Tim uh, wrote in Romans chapter 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Tim, do you remember writing that on the floor? <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm so proud of my son-in-law, Tim. That he, he truly, he wrote, he wrote it down, but he not only wrote it down, he lives it. It's alive and well and active in his life. Uh, as it is in so many of all of you who are sitting here right now. Uh, I'm so thankful to us Christians who gather together uh, and stand on God's word. But too many uh, Christians, as, as uh, Romans says, Paul says in, in Romans, uh, they're sort of ashamed of the gospel a little bit. They keep it to themselves um, instead of sharing it. Uh, their Bibles sit on the shelves, collect dust. Uh, get, get replaced by the cell phones. And, and I, I've got nothing against the cell phones. I use mine myself to look up a quick scripture. But there's nothing that replaces God's word. There really isn't. And I encourage you to get your Bible out. Bring it to church. Bring it to Bible study. Get involved in a Bible study that we've got going on. And it, 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 it'll just jump out. The pages will jump out in your life. They'll change everything that you think of. And I, I can't encourage you enough, get God's word out and make it be alive in your life. Highlight it. Open it up daily. Let it, let it speak to you. Um, and uh, like I said, I'm so thankful for those who, who uh, get their highlighter out. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. The power of God... From the beginning to the end of the Bible, it demonstrates the power of God. What does he say? It brings 
salvation to everyone who believes. You know, we talked in Bible study this morning about, about uh, what would we say to someone who needs to hear the gospel. And we, would, we said, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in, in him will have eternal life. And that is the key. That's what he's talking about. The val- salvation is for everyone who believes. Where do I get it? I get it from the Bible. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good with memorization. I've got th- John 3.16 down pretty good. But <laughs> the rest of it, I'm not that great of. But truly, the, the gospel uh, is for everyone who believes, and it, and it brings salvation. I don't know about you, but I care about every single person I come in contact with. I really do. I want to see the salvation brought to them of Jesus Christ. I want them to know our, my, my Savior, Jesus Christ. I want them to see heaven someday and, and, and get there with them and their family. That's, that's so critical. I, my heart goes out to the world that, that needs to hear Jesus Christ. So don't be ashamed of the gospel. Live it. Share it. Um, what is it? It's the righteousness of God. It's where I learned how to be right with my, my God. You know, I didn't know it until I started getting to God's word. I didn't know how to be right with God. And I learned it through God's word and other Christians. And it's the righteousness of God. And it's only in the gospel that you'll find it. It's only uh, that will make you right with God. And the, what does he say? The righteous will live by faith. I, my faith is in him and him only. Uh, I, I do love my, my wife, my family, and everyone else, but I know my faith first is in my loving God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then the love branches out through my wife and family, and it's changed everything around us. And the same with you. Put him first. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Let it light up your life. The righteous will live by faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17 is a great scripture. Highlight it and live it like, like Tim has. I appreciate Tim. And, and you know, I saw it last week. Nick had it on, up on the screen. And I said, ah, that's a great scripture. I'm going to use that in my lesson. And uh, it's truly special. God's word is alive. You know, when I think of God's word, I think of power. I am so thankful. I... I have power in, in God's word. I, I, there's nothing, that when I serve God, there's nothing that stops me and holds me back. It's powerful. And it's the salvation, like I said earlier. And it makes me right with God. I, I love it when I'm right with God. I don't like it when I've sinned and fall short of his glory, in which I do. And I'm thankful for forgiveness. And, and, and God has shown me how to be right with him and to live out my faith. Um, Hebrews chapter 4. Twelve through sixteen. <clears throat> For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Therefore, since we have such a great High Priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time and need. You know, the word of God is alive and well and sharp, as, as Hebrews says, but it's also full of mercy and grace. 
I am thankful for that. You know, because I don't want to, I don't have just a judgmental God. I have a, a God that is full of mercy and grace. And I, I do the same with other people. Come, at, come meet them where they're at with, and share God's grace with, and his mercy. Um, truly, as Hebrew says, it's, um, the word of God is alive and active. Um, it gives us power by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we believe, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as salvation. It makes us, makes us right with God. Makes, makes us right in his eyes. But it's, but it's also what God judges us by. You know, one day I got to face my maker. It says, uh, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I got a responsibility to God to, to, to love his word, to share it, to make it active and alive. Um, but because of God's uh, word working in your life, verse 16, as I said earlier, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have a relationship with God. He loves us. He's, he's my daddy. You know, he's my daddy. I, I, and I love him. I, I come, oh God, how great thou art. I am so thankful, Father, for all you've done in my life. And it's, and it's the word of God that, that teaches me and guides me. And so we can approach him with confidence and know that he's given us mercy and grace. Um, and really, that's what, what all, all we need. God's grace and mercy. His gift of us, uh, of Jesus Christ. It is the power of the Holy Spirit living in you that truly makes you alive and active. Um, I ask you, how alive and active are you with God's word? You know, is it speaking to you? Is it, is it talking to you all the time? Is it, is it uh, alive in your, your family? Um, it always starts at home with me. Uh, if I can be a, um, right with Diane and uh, doing my best as a husband for her, I, I'm not, the, God's word's not alive and active. It, it's truly, it starts at home. And then it, it branches out into the rest of the family. And uh, I am so thankful for uh, uh, my son and my, my daughter-in-law, uh, Katie, who, who really have taken uh, God's word to another level. You know, I am so thankful. If, if you would know Nick in his teenage years, you would not have believed the, the transformation uh, in him. And so all of you parents who might have a teen <laughs> struggling right now, there's hope. I'm telling you, there's hope. You stay faithful. You stay faithful to God and his word, and he will answer your prayers. And, and Nick and Katie are prime examples of that. I am so proud. I mean, when, when he gets up and prays, it's like, whoa, the power of the Holy Spirit is, is alive and well and active. It's, it goes to the, the very core of, of what he believes and, and what we believe. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and God's word is alive and active. You know, and it gives, gives courage when you don't have any. Gives boldness when you just don't know where to turn. It gives you confidence when you are weary and down and out. It gives you insight when you don't know what to say or pray. Thank you, Lord. It gives you ability to do something you would never believe you could have done before. And it gives you authority. There's nothing as powerful as God's word. I tell you, we play a lot of Christian music in, in, the, in, in the restaurant, and it's, it truly is so special. It gives you authority. It makes you, it, it just comes alive and well. And 
everyone, no one says a word. They just listen to it. <laughs> There's authority in God's word. There's power in, in, in the scriptures. God's word comes to life um, in you. Um, and I sort of skipped over Acts 1.8, but we're going to get into Peter a little bit and uh, start with Acts 1.8. This fan's great behind me, but it blows my pages all over the place. So here we go. <laughs> Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Truly, that's what happened at the day of Pentecost. It gave them power that they did not believe. It, it changed Peter from a man who denied Jesus to a man who went on to preach just incredible lessons. Um, but let's get into the old Peter first, as, as we all have our old ways in Matthew 26. Thirty-one. Then Jesus told them. This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to, into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if I fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Move over to verses 69 through 75. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You were also with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went on to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellowship was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your account, your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I like Luke's account uh, where Jesus looked at him the third time he denied him. Can you imagine the Savior looking at his, his, uh, one of his disciples the third time he denied him? Um, Peter was a follower of, of Jesus, but he disowned him. Um, but Jesus didn't give up on Peter. I am so thankful he didn't give up on me. You know, there was times where I was so puffed up, even after becoming a Christian, I, I, I thought I, had, I was just the best. I thought I was good at everything. I was a great carpenter. I was a great this, great that. But he humbled me. And, uh, but he still said, come follow me. Mark 1.17. Peter, uh, Jesus says to, Mark, uh, to Peter. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fish to fish for people then John 21 22 
I love what Jesus says to Peter. 21, 22. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Um, you know, when we first accepted Jesus, he said, come follow me. I, uh, I knew it was the right thing to do. I, I was ra- sort of raised up with, in, with a grandmother and a great-grandmother and a mother who all had a Bible. Uh, who they they uh, kept bringing me to church. And I, I can't honestly say it took me a while to, to accept Jesus, but I, I knew it was the right thing to do. But now, like Jesus says, I must follow him. I got no choice. I have to follow him. I have to share his word. There's no other way. I know all hope is lost without Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, it's the word of God that that has spoken to me and taught me over the years that there's no other way. But I must follow Jesus Christ. I pray that you would be at a point in your life where you must follow him. Um, And that's what God's word does to you. The more you open it up, the more you study it, you realize you've got no choice. The Holy Spirit wells up in you with a desire to follow Jesus no matter what. And I like how Jesus challenges Peter in, in back in 21, 15 through 22. And I can't imagine Peter, because Peter had denied him three times. And, and this is Peter's moment with Jesus. And uh, it's a moment of forgiveness, a moment of, of acceptance, a moment of saying that you're going you're gonna to do something special, Peter. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? <clears throat> yes, I, yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said to this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Uh, Peter turned and saw that his disciple, whom Jesus loved, was following them. This was the one who he had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? But Jesus answered, if, you want to re- if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Um, that's what Jesus says to us today. Um, how much do you love me? You know? Three times, Peter forsook him, but three times, Jesus says, how much do you love me? Feed my sheep. Love, the, love your fellow man in a special way. Share, share my word. God is truly alive and active, and, and all we got to do is, is dwell in it and, and open it up and share it with one another. It pierces our very heart. Um, Peter goes on, goes from denial to preacher in 50 days. I love that about what God's word does, how it transforms us. In Acts 2, 14. Uh, 
Our men's Bible studies have been spending a lot of time in Acts. Uh, we're, we just finished chapter 12, and it's been a, a, great, a great time of study because it, it, it gives us the inspiration of the, what happened in the early church, what went on, how, how Peter went from a denier to a preacher and truly uh, preached the word of God powerfully. Um, and it jumped out in his heart and mind and everything he said. Uh, Acts 2, 14, then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will turn to darkness and the moon to blood before, coming, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you and through him. As you yourself know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he was at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also rests in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see declare. You have made me known to, the, the, to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with your joy in, in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses to it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received him from the Father. The promise, the Holy Spirit, has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, yet he said, The Lord said, at my, said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool of your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Yep. The word of God is powerful and alive, and it was powerful and alive then, it's powerful and alive now. He made Jesus, Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and all the apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, and for all whom the Lord our God will call. With Many words he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of the bread and to prayer. I know that was a long, long group of scripture, but that's the powerful word that changed thousands of people that day, that day of Pentecost. <coughs> Truly, Peter went from um, 
denial to preacher. He was bold and he used the word of God. And that's what I'm using today, the word of God. I fumble and bumble with words, but the word of God doesn't. You know, the word of God speaks truth and clear as a bell to me. And I hope it speaks true to you today. Um, God's word truly was alive. Acts 2, 36 through 39. Again, I'm going to repeat. Therefore, all of Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all, for all whom the Lord will call, God will call. That scripture spoke to me back in 1975, I believe it was, clear as a bell. And I was, I was working out in Pittsfield, Mass., and uh, Diane had already accepted Jesus. And I had sort of given her a hard time about it. I opened up the, the, the book next to my bed in a motel room all by myself. Gideon's Bible was there. I opened that. It says, Peter, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I received the gift of the Holy Spirit that day by the power of the Word of God. I pray that you would highlight that scripture, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit would dwell in you, would be richly dwell in you. And, and I never turned back. You know, I never turned back, and, and I hungered and thirsted for righteousness. His words kept speaking to me over and over again and teaching me and, and maturing me from an immature, a selfish man to a, a man who wants to serve God no matter what. And that's what the Word of God did to me back then. And it keeps doing to me to this very day. Uh, it, it is so special. And I pray it would do it to you. I pray that it would light a fire in you that, that just will not stop. That you would hunger and thirst for righteousness. You would share it with your wife, your husband, your family, your friends, your church. Get involved. Let the Word of God do something special in you. Acts 4, 7 through 14. A little more from Peter. <clears throat> they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if you are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. But this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you, you build as rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is no, found in no one else, for there is no uh, other name under heaven given to mankind by which we need which we must be saved. <laughs> when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since the, they could see the man <clears throat> had been healed, standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. The word of God is powerful and mighty, and it makes the world speechless. It makes the world speechless. And I, I pray that you would realize the power you have right sitting in front of you. Sitting, hopefully it's not sitting on your shelf at home, but get it out. Be, find the salvation and share it, and truly it'll make you special. In Acts 4, 18 through 20, Peter, full, full of the Holy Spirit. Then they called them again and commanded them not to speak or teach 
in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be judged. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't take it any longer, right? Can't take it any longer. Uh, Got to share it. Got to share it. It's welling up in, in you. I know it's welling up in you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we are to be obedient to what God is doing in, in us. God will transform you. Um, Acts 2.42. I know I read it. Great, voice, great verse to highlight. Um, we spent a lot of time in our, our Monday night men's Bible study. And uh, Acts 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Um, I can't tell you how important it is to me to devote everything I got to God. And that's what, that's what Peter uh, and said to his followers back then. That they devoted themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching. Um, John, Jesus says in John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Um, I get into his word. Uh, show that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Make God proud. Teaching God's word is, is definitely our number one goal. There's nothing like God's word. It is God's word that makes us disciples of Jesus. So each of us need to be devoted to God's word. You know, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's a scary verse. And uh, I encourage you to, to learn from God's word. Let it teach you. Let it, let it pierce you to the heart. Don't be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Don't let, don't let uh, um, the word of God sit dusty on the shelf. And uh, point number two on, on 42, it says they were devoted to fellowship. We love each other. We love getting together. It's, it's a party when we get together here. Uh, we really do enjoy one another, and, and the, all the small Bible studies we've got going on, I, I can't tell you how prouder I am at those who come, bring their Bibles, get their highlighters out, and, and just share God's Word. Uh, we love it. We, we'd love to have more chairs around that table out in that room at, at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Same way with, with the, the Monday night men's. We've got room for m more m men. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, it, it's so great to get together. Fellowship is so important. Uh, uh, Wednesday, uh, great ladies Bible study, I'm sure. I'd like to be a fly on the wall down there and hear all the stuff going on, but I'm sure it is truly special. Uh, get involved in a Bible study. Thursday night with Nick, you, you, get, a, you get a preview of what he's going to preach about. It's, it's truly special. And Friday, Katie with the ladies again, uh, great Bible studies. It's, fellowship is so important. Uh, you know, and I think the worst thing is for us to hi uh, isolate ourselves. It's so easy sometimes just to stay by ourselves because we can please ourselves. But that's the worst. Isolation is the worst thing. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, we don't have that up front, but it says, consider how to stimulate one another on to love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembly, assembly together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, it, it is an amen. Uh, we've got to encourage one another on more as we see the day drawing near. Uh, Luke's third point is, is breaking the bread, the Lord's Supper. Uh, I love the Lord's Supper. Uh, as I said many times, it's, it's my favorite part of the service. Uh, it's so, so special. It's, it's your time and my time to, to, to uh, share with Jesus and, and examine ourselves. And Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. 
Uh, uh, finally, he says uh, in 42, and to prayer. Devote ourselves to prayer. Uh, when all else fails, pray. Uh, that's not really the way to go about it, but it's so important to pray. Um, as we'll see later, the, the early Christians devoted themselves to prayer. It was so, so critical. And I'm thankful we do it every Sunday. Um, we need to be a praying church. Uh, Jesus said in John 14, 13, and 14, whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And it's, it's, why, we pray. it's why we pray for Katie. We want God to be glorified in her. We want God's special blessing upon her. In the same way we, we pray constantly about uh, the Word in, in, in our Bible studies, we want God to be glorified above all. We need to be a praying individuals and a praying church. The early church was devoted to studying the Word, number one, fellowship, number two, breaking the bread and prayer. And we need to be devoted as well. Um, you know, examine yourself. Examine your life uh, by God's Word, not by what I say, by God's Word. Um, and He'll move in a powerful way in your life. Um, God's word truly uh, is transforming, and I can't get away from my favorite scripture. I bring it up almost every time I preach, but Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, you know, I used to worry what people thought. And uh, what does the scripture say? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what the world thinks of me. It matters what God thinks of me. It's, I want to be holy and pleasing to him. I want to worship him with all my heart, soul, mind, and soul. And how do I do that? By renewing my mind in God's word all the time. I, I, have, I have to have it. I, uh, I love sitting down in the, uh, the restaurant when it's nobody else but me and God's word and spend uh, a couple hours studying. And uh, it truly does renew my mind and enables me to, to uh, do things I can never do on my own. Uh, you, th you guys all think this smile is, is you know, there all the time. Well, it's not. You know, I need to be, it's because I'm in God's word today and I feel the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me and, I, and it's, what, it's what drives me, it's my motivating factor and it renews my high mind. And uh, I pray that you would dwell on Romans 12, 1 and 2 and let the, let be renewed by his word and uh, then you'll be pleasing Daddy, you'll be pleasing God, the creator of the universe, the guy who created you. The Bible teaches us repeatedly that obedience accompanies true faith. Jesus is our perfect, perfect example. Uh, he says in Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, Jesus uh, was humble, and God's word humbles, has humbled me. Uh, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Jesus came to do the will of his Father. Um, and Peter is a great example of a, uh, of a humble servant. Uh, after he denied him uh, in Acts, he, he again was sort of humbled 
by the word of God in Acts 10. Nine through twenty. About noon in the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open, and something like a large sheet uh, being let down, as uh, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice came, told him, "Get up, Peter. Kill and eat." Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice came to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wandering about, wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, was, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, uh, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Um, uh, Peter uh, needed to be humble. He, he, he was the Jew of all Jews. He was the head of the church. But in, in his heart, he, he believed that Jews were better than Gentiles. Well, he found out God humbled him. God showed him that nothing uh, was was better than anything else. Uh, God had to clear this matter up. Um, and Jesus says, don't call anything unclean that I have made. Uh, God wants God's word. Humble Peter, who needed to learn an important lesson. Um, has God humbled you? Uh, sometimes that's, that's what he's got to do. He's got to humble you. Uh, I know he sure has humbled me. Uh, I've had to taste a lot of humble pie and... and uh, I've eaten it and uh, swallowed it and, uh, and turned to God because of it. Uh, I pray that you would do the same. You know, it's made me a better husband, uh, made me a better father, um, a better boss, and, and a better man. Uh, and that's what God's word will do to you. God's word is alive and will change you dramatically. Um, God's power was on full display um, in Peter's escape a little later in Acts 12. We just studied that. A, a dramatic uh, power of the Holy Spirit working for Peter. Acts 12, 5 through 10. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. There's a praying church again. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and said, Wake up! Quick, get up! He said, and the chains just fell off his wrist. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap up your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him. Uh, Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. <laughs> wow, we see the power of, of, uh, of the Holy Spirit working in Peter's life. Um, you know, they just walked out of a maximum security prison. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 18 and 19, uh, we see where, down a little further, Herod was irate about it. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards in order that they be executed. Um, Herod found out God cannot be, power can't be stopped. There's no way. Uh, he, he's, he should have witnessed the power of God. Uh, 21 and 23, 21 through 23, we see what uh, happened after that. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. And he had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with them. After securing the uh, support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they had depended on the king for their food supply. <clears throat> on the appointed day, Herod, uh, wearing his royal robe, sat on the throne, delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a god, not man. Immediately, because Herod did not praise God, an angel of the Lord struck him, and he was eaten by worms and died. Wow. The power of God was truly on display. Um, you know, um, Josephus, uh, a, a Jewish historian, said that it took uh, five days for Herod to die. Five days of worms eating him from the inside out. You know, it wasn't just a, a quick uh, bite and he was dead. He suffered. Uh, and what I said about this, you don't mess with God's disciples. You know, Herod should have learned that. You don't mess with God's disciples. Uh, and Luke finishes and declares, as only he can in verse 24, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. That's right. Um, there is power in the Word of God. And I've, I've said that over and over again today. I'm sure you got it by now. But uh, I, I encourage you to, to use it and, uh, and watch it spread and flourish. We've seen it from, uh, I think it was only three, three years ago or so. We were started, we met in the, the, the restaurant with only probably 10 or 12 people to sometimes 70 here. And we've seen the power of the Word of God because we... we we dwell in it, we, we depend on it, we trust it. We know it's the only way uh, to go, the power of God. And I pray it would be for you um, in a powerful way. Um, uh, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Truly, God's word is alive. I pray it's alive and active in you. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do it. Your, your life will never be the same. You will, everything will change in, in you and everybody around you. Your family may be depending on it. Maybe you, they need you to step forward and uh, put Jesus on as your Lord and Savior. Let's stand and sing the song of invitation. God's word is alive. Amen.